Ish ads. What if we just what if we just don't record today? Like uh Chelsea losing twice, huh? Oh snap, oh we're recording. Hey, um welcome to welcome to the podcast. Um uh ignore anything I say, but we're probably gonna edit that out. Um welcome to the podcast. Um Simba, guess how are we doing? Ah, uh, all good bro. Dijon. Um yeah, it's been quite an eventful week to say the least um, but we're still there we're still alive you know um, but yeah oh, everything is on I'm ready to, to discuss about what happened this week so yeah so it's just good to be here yeah all good bro it was a tough week in the league but we move just focus on family now and just focus on other things you know what? I like Gaza's answer. Focus on family. That you know, that's that's actually what's important right now. Like we're going into the Christmas period. She focus on the fam and ignore like all prem action because hey, it's been intense. So because um, man, just twenty twenty, bro. Just <laughs> be thankful for the the ones that love you, bro. That's nah, you know that's, what? That's I, vibes. Man. I, I rate that. I rate that because honestly, yeah. <laughs> Since the last time we recorded, it's actually been very tough. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're gonna we're, we're gonna dip into that. But we're only gonna dip into like the most the most recent. Okay, we'll take the weekend and midweek fixtures as well. So we'll start we'll start with the weekend, I guess. Um, so Friday, the eleventh of December. That's the last time there was action, I believe, on the weekend. Um, West Ham beat Leeds 2-1. Um, then on the following Saturday, Aston Villa beat Wolves 1-0. Newcastle beat West Brom 2-1. The Manchester Derby was the most boring game ever. In fact, can we actually stop there? That Manchester Derby, guys, what do you guys think of that game? I found it very boring. Yeah, bro. <clears throat> I think... There's really nothing much to say about him. It was actually pretty dead. Um, I was watching with one of my friends, and we just we just stopped watching the game, and we we're just now just talking. It was just mad. But yeah, it was it was pretty dead to me. No action whatsoever. I thought United were gonna win, to be fair, since they're at home. But yeah, it was it was dead. It was just too much hype. I think this season, bro, we've seen too many big games just be no-no draws or one-one draws. It's it's usually the games that you don't expect that are really good this season. That's facts. That is something I definitely agree with. Like the hype that the derby was given, and then what we eventually got—two completely different things. And it seems that like our small games, like whenever Leeds plays, and then that's that's those are the exciting games. Like I don't know how that works, but yeah, that seems to be what's going on. And then to finish off on Saturday, um, Everton beat Chelsea one 0 Lackluster performance, lackluster results. Uh, on Sun on Sunday the thirteenth, Southampton slapped up Sheffield three 0 Crystal Palace drew one one with Spurs. Fulham managed to get a draw against Liverpool one one as well. Um, Leicester beat Brighton 3 0 and Arsenal. <laughs> Arsenal. Ah, these guys. Yeah, they lost 1 0 to Burnley on the weekend. 
Then going into the midweek games, uh, Chelsea started things off with a loss, two-one against Wolves, who had who had lost to Aston Villa, <laughs> insane really. Then City drew against West Brom, another shock result there, uh, considering the distance between the two teams in terms of talent. Then this past Wednesday, Arsenal drew 1-1 with Southampton. Leeds beat Newcastle 5-2. Another exciting game there. Just like what Gaz was saying, like the exciting games are the ones that you really expect. Then Everton continued on a winning run and beat Leicester 2-0. Um, Fulham drew 0-0 with Brighton. Liverpool then beat Spurs 2-1 with a kind of exciting game. Firmino scoring the winner in the 90th. And then West Ham drew 1-1 with Crystal Palace. That was the last game on Wednesday. Then yesterday, um, Aston Villa drew 0-0 with Burnley. And Man United squeaked past Sheffield 3-2. So, like, out of all those matches, like, all 20 matches that I just, like, put off, like, which match was the most exciting for you guys? Um, <laughs> I'll probably go... The Leeds game. Um, I caught the last about 20 minutes of it, and oh, it was just entertaining. The, the goals Leeds are scoring, they're just so fantastic, they're so crazy. Uh, of course, that's what you get with Leeds, they score a lot, but also at the same time concede. So, yeah, that was a very interesting game. Liverpool versus Tottenham. Um, basically, attack versus super defensive. Um, Liverpool won that game. I think Liverpool deserve to win that game. I don't know about you guys. Um, whatever Jose says, you're just waffling, in my opinion. But yeah, that one was also an interesting game. I don't know about you guys, though. It was a very interesting game. Like, the way I felt like Tottenham could have won the game because they felt more dangerous when they had their chances. Just Bergwijn and Kane, two of the best chances in the whole game. You don't take those chances. And the great team like Liverpool will always punish you. Now that's right. Uh, Liverpool, like, I don't know whether it's luck or a combination of luck and talent, but yeah, you make a mistake, they will get you somehow. They will, yeah, they will make a plan to get to you. And it's actually quite unnerving how they manage to do that constantly. Hey, just a just a quick side note. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but <laughs> this week, Firmino, Aubameyang, and Martial all scored. What? It was crazy, dude. The least like these guys were getting these men were getting trolled all season long, and then they finally decide to bang. You know, it was mad, bro. I was just like, wow. Okay, yeah. Oh yeah, because Martial. Oh yeah, Martial scored against Sheffield. Yeah, our Ramsdale was also disappointing in that game, to be honest. And then, oh yeah, side notes. Also another side note. You know when Burnley lost to Arsenal? Um, I don't know how far true this is, but like, um, Arsenal posted the full-time score on their Twitter. And then Tony Cruz went and replied and said, "It's good to good to see that uh, Aubameyang didn't celebrate after scoring." Cruz is Cruz is winning the beef, bro. By far. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ah, nah. 
I love Aubameyang, but it's looking bad. Eh? Is now to- almost top of the league. Almost you in Europa, you're not banging goals, your own goals as Chinese. <laughs> nah, but it's facts though. I think, yeah, on the pitch, uh, Tony definitely won the beef as much as like people don't. You, you hate to hear it, honestly. This is the only time that I rip a bombing, but ah, he's let us down, and uh, because of that. Tony, Tony has finally won the game full time. I mean, the year. I mean, okay. Well, this year, I don't think there's any other drama that could happen in the next two weeks. I mean, I, I hope I'm wrong, but as as it is right now, uh, Tony Cruz after halftime is leading three <laughs> one. It better not turn into another push it here, Drake, because we know how that ends. <laughs> Oh Who's my days. Who's Drake? Who's That's Drake? That's the thing. Now, uh, Cruz is... Um, Cruz is... Nah, nah, nah. Uh, I actually don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> you actually trying to put it together. You'd be like, who's who in this case, huh? That's what I'm trying to say. Ah, nah, I think I'll put... Nah, you know what? I'll let, I'll let the, the listeners decide that. Listeners, make sure... <laughs> Um, tell us who you think is Drake and who's Pusha T. Please let us know. <laughs> <laughs> that easy. Then uh, we'll just we'll just end it on that one. Then uh, we'll end it on that note. We'll end the segment on this note. Um, yeah, stay tuned. We're about to jump into segment two. Jump in and listen to what we're talking about. All right. Um, so we put up a questionnaire sort of thingy i don't know what they i still don't know what those things are called but yeah those things uh we put them up on our ig and we asked you what manager you would love to play under if you play football right and seems like most of the answers like our boy takey said um my boy takey 69 said club um rogan also said club to Guete also said Klopp. Like we we see that we've got a lot of Jurgen fans, and that basically means. And this is and I can tell like with most of these guys, these are not um, Liverpool supporters, so they're not exactly buying into like the Liverpool way, but they're buying into Klopp's way. So, what what do you guys think makes uh, Jurgen Klopp such a likable manager? Like I know he's got man management, which is dope, but like. On the pitch, why do you think people like him so much? He hugs his players. That's what. And that's why people like him so much. He gives hugs, and he just smiles, and then he leaves. Now I'm playing. But anyways, um, <coughs> this dude, this dude, <laughs> and then uh, he leaves. <laughs> uh, uh, something I saw, but I think in all seriousness, I think Klopp is like a manager that you can see that he's very passionate. And also, Klopp, from even his earlier days at Dortmund, his thing of um, bonding with the with the players, having that team chemistry and all that, as well as developing a lot of average players into world-class players is quite remarkable. I mean, he made Mkhitaryan a world-beater at Dortmund. Then, of course, he went to Man United. Then, yeah, he didn't do too well. Then he went to Liverpool. Um, I think he bought in Mane, he bought in Salah, 
of these guys. They were good players, but then they weren't world beaters as of yet. But then he turned them into superstars, into global superstars. I think that's what Klopp is very good at. And also even the Firmino thing, I know, yeah. Um, he was a midfielder, but now he's converted into a striker. And you can see that he's still um, one of the best players in his role. So I think in terms of player development, he's, he's incredible. As well, as, as I said before, the man management thing is he always brings the team together. I don't think I've heard a player saying that, ah, no, club this, club that, where I've heard things from other managers, but I've, I haven't heard. Maybe I might be wrong, but then it just seems like everyone is playing under club just because of his passion and whatnot. So, yeah, uh, and that, that's what I think about it. I don't know about Gaz, though, it might be different. I think it's just his uh, humility. Not a lot of managers are as humble as he is. He never thinks that he's the best or his team is the best, but he's always, he's always just humble. Unlike other managers such as Jose, it's always about them. Pip, it's about them. He, he places focus on the team itself and praises everybody. And that just creates such a harmonious squad. That's facts, though especially on the humility thing like he's I'm actually thinking even the time that he won Champos the time that he won the Prem with Liverpool he's just been thankful more than anything he doesn't go and say um, our he's not he's not even the type of guy that says our hard work put us through he's just thankful like he separates he's so thankful that he separates himself from the team just to congratulate them and I think that just like yeah that just shows like how humble he is like what Gaz has been saying is, yeah, it's actually quite, it's actually quite amazing how a manager at the highest level can be that confident in his tactics, confident in his man management, but also be so, you know, like, yeah, humble. It's really cool. And then um, there's also Chris, uh, Chris Nyemba. He said Bielsa, because his football is great to watch and the uh, counter-attack is lethal. Like, I think, I think next time, like, um, we're going to, like, ask these guys in specific, like, what position would they want to play? Like, if you, if you were in Bielsa, if you guys were in Bielsa's system, what position would you want to play the most? Um, I think maybe between um, uh, number eight or... Uh, a winger because I know even to a certain extent a striker because I know I'm going to get chances and chances because of the way those guys play and also at the same time um, the intensity that Bielsa teams play with is it's crazy I mean you guys are child supporters and you watch that game against Leeds or even against the City game where they drew the intensity Leeds play with is phenomenal and as a as a midfielder as a deep lying midfielder I don't even I wouldn't even want to play there in a system like that. But as an attacker, it would be pretty nice. I won't even lie. It would be pretty good. I would play midfield. I just like the way they run in midfield. It's always it's always just looks like it's fun. That's my type of football. A lot of running, passing, just being dangerous. Now I feel the angle. So basically it seems like, yeah, um, when people see how fun it is, like, I feel like the defense is probably the hardest part. Like, Stuart Dallas and them probably having the hardest time 
well, not the hardest time. I mean, every player have their every players have their own like troubles in their positions. But it seems like defense on the surface have the biggest job to do um, because like it's a high tempo game and as temp as things with uh, high tempos go, it seems the defense is always the one that doesn't have uh, the stamina that the rest have. Midfield the most, and then strikers. Yeah, always have more stamina than the defenders. Well, that's that's from my experience and from what I think is going on in the game. Um, there's also uh, Nuno, Yanis, uh, uh, put up uh, Nuno Espirito Santo um, for the love of the way he plays. And I'm trying to think, um, how does how does Nuno play? Like, maybe it's blighted this season somewhat because like this season has been kind of dark for Wolves. Yes, the Chelsea fan has been is saying that it's dark for Wolves. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, what do you guys think of like uh, Nuno's style? Like, wh- what would you define it as? I think Nuno's style from from the games I've watched Wolves play is quite a balanced style. Um, they do try play um, position-based football, but then I think in some games where at, um, against the big teams, they want to counter them. So I think it's it's, it's a balanced thing. Um, they look to counter opposition, but at the same time, if it's a lesser opponent, they look to control the game and whatnot. So I think, yeah, that's from what I've seen, I might be wrong, but um, that's what I've gathered from watching Wolves. What what I've gathered from Wolves is that their system has has drastically changed. Last season we saw Adama play more often. Now they've bring in a Semedo in there, and it's no three at the back. It's now four at the back. So that's changed everything. They're now more attacking now, and in that sense, I'd love to be, I'd love to be a winger or a striker in the team because there's more creativity now more than ever. Now that you say that, it actually makes so much sense. Like, because, um, I mean, they lost Jota, and it seems like it's actually a good thing to them because um, watching Pedro Neto play, I was like, dude, how is this guy, you know, so creative? And even Podence, I think Podence, even like his goal, like that level of like jigging and jinking and moving left to right, that was, yeah, that was individual brilliance. And, he was having moments like that all game long. So, yeah, like you said, guys, I think being a winger or striker in that in that Wolves team must be really fun. So, yeah, I would definitely also give it a look and just like, yeah, I'll be like, mm, okay, this Nuno guy, it seems like he's got a plan. Um, Let me run through two more managers. Our super fan, Diavanti. How could I even forget our boy? Um, He said Pip. And I think for Pip, like everyone, everyone just knows like how um, Pip buys into the system. He's not as he's not exactly like a man manager like Klopp, but he tries. But in terms of tactics, uh, yeah, that dude is, yeah, he's a legend. His tactics um, are too OP, bro. Exactly. Like when they perfected right, they OP, bro. Yeah, that's facts though. Like when the when he but you know like his big game pressure, like what he did against Leon there, yeah, that was disappointing. But yeah, like in a in a normal instance, that tactics are just like yeah, head and shoulders above the wrist. 
I read. Uh, Simba, what do you think about Pip in general? No, Pip, I would say Pip, for me, is top five greatest managers of all time. I don't care what people say. Checkbook. No, checkbook. Of course, yeah, checkbook has helped him, but for me, it's just, as Guy said, when it's perfected to that level, bro, it's amazing to watch. I'll never forget that City team. Even the Barcelona team, but I think in just in Premier League terms, that, that City team, 17, 18, the football they were playing was probably the best I've seen in the Prem, in my opinion. It was just amazing. And that was at its peak. But then now when you see, yeah, they've lost a few, a lot, a lot of experience and key players, it's it's not really the same thing. But now Pep, for me, he's up there, man. Um, I don't get why people disrespect him, but he's top five, without a doubt. And I would love to play under Pep Guardiola just for that as a midfielder as a midfielder because those seem to have the most fun De Bruyne Bernardo Silva and them yeah creating chances for all those guys imagine having Aguero um, Sterling all these guys Sane at, at some point bro. it would be fun very fun playing under even at Barca having to create for Messi and all those guys Davia Pedro madness no, that's facts. Like he always, just a he feast always of goals, up, right? Exactly, exactly. He just, oh, he just, just needs to stack up, right? Like literally, pick your pick your plate, even fam. Like that's how deep it is. Like there's so there's so many options for you to score. He's like ah, deep, left to right, even center. Turned Sterling into a world class player, bro. Lethal, right. lethal attacker, bro. The words lethal are very important. Before he was not lethal, but just shows yeah. me like he's doing something very good there. Nah, that's facts. Um, other notable mentions for managers. Um, oh, I said Thomas Tuchel because like he, I think there's too much freedom there. It might be a good or a bad thing, but there's like there's too much freedom there, and I think I would thrive in such a formation, uh, in such a thing. Um, Speaks. So Spicks obviously put Jose waste man. I'm joking. But like yeah, um obviously people who love defending, like who love defending with the passion will obviously go on Jose's side. Uh Tino, Tino Miti picked Carlo Ancelotti. He's I think Carlo Ancelotti would be like the best version of a free-flowing manager where because I heard with Carlo like he doesn't do tactics and then just like give the players like what other people do he discusses tactics with players like where he comes to you and says okay where do you think you play best type of thing and yeah I guess because of stuff like that I think Carlo Ancelotti has to be like one of the best in the world um it's not exactly man managing but it's like yeah man managing on the field so I, I I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, he's he listens to the players, and I think that's why Carlo is like also like a, a low key a shout for one of the best managers in the world. Definitely, he's top three. Yeah, especially with those Champions League wins. He's top that's... three in the world or all time. In the world, or in this generation ever. Mm. 
Okay, fair. fair. In his generation. No, fair. I think yeah, he's definitely top three. Carlo, legend, man. Absolute legend. He's won three, three Champions League. And he's won everywhere, bro. He's not just some regular. He's won everywhere. Yeah, I come to think, he has won everywhere. He won yeah. two with, with with Milan, and then he won the one with Madrid. Yeah. Won the league in Germany. Won the league in England and PSG also. Right? His resume is too stacked. Uh. It's too yeah. stacked. Uh, Carl is definitely up there as well. He's definitely up there for sure. Now that's right. He has to. He has to set the part of playing for like um, Neymar, Teta, man. And what's going on with Arsenal? Like, um, <laughs> I thought Arteta had to, was like the chosen one. Hey, I told you last pod that <laughs> he's, he's the Spanish Tony Pulis, bro. That's what it is. Long ball to Uber. That's it. Done. That's what it Burn, is. Bro. It was working last season, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we got. To, we, that's how Chelsea lost the final. A long ball to uh, to Aubameyang, bro. <laughs> exactly, bro. Just owns are now too comfortable. Bro. Owens can get red cards. Owens can just have dodgy performances. It's just it's a mess of a squad right now, man. That's what it is. It's a mess of a squad. No, that's the truth. But it, it seems like he's patched up the defense, though. That's the funny thing. I mean, they're losing or drawing, but they they're losing like one nils, two ones, or drawing one one. Like he's patched up the defense. But then he doesn't seem to have gotten the offense running. Yeah, bro. And that's the thing. Like, I get that he wanted to make them solid and all, make them compact. But after you've done that, surely now you should give them freedom to go and attack. I know they don't have the the creative players for that. The ones that they have are not to be seen. But then surely you should be now telling your boys, okay, we can now defend. Now you guys can go and score. I don't know. I don't get that. For real. Because you look at players like Abameng. Bro, he's not going to score if you don't feed him. Abameng is not that type of player who take the ball from the halfway line and drive and drive and then score in a top corner. He's not that type of player. He's the one where you need to feed him a through ball and he goes and finishes. He's a finisher. So, I don't know. Thanks. Um, it's, yeah, just, it's quite puzzling just- for me. Just play him down the middle, like just bite the bullet on. Cause you just need him there, bro. You don't want like a Z getting those chances instead of a Bamiyang. I was literally about to say, so then what are you gonna do, like a Z? Ah, you bench him, bro. Does <laughs> not. Easy, uh. Ah, you bench him, but you just have to have Saka on the left, Pepe on the right. Uh, midfield, Xhaka, Ceballos, and Almeni, or Partey when he's back. Yeah, and the defense sorts itself out. Ish, free my boy. Let's move from three at the back. That's the most important thing. It's over now. Uh, free the boy, William. I thought he was going to win. A ch- I thought he was going to lead the boys to a Champions League. Why is he on the bench, bro? Uh, we told Owens, but Owens didn't want to believe us, right? They thought they were doing <laughs> Owns, Owns, it was better than Ziyech, bruh. Respect, Hassan. 
<laughs> Oi, these guys thought they got the second coming of Ronaldinho. Did they not? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, now it's crazy. Like, I'd say they probably they, they need to give Arteta time, but at the same time, he also needs to he needs to fix up because yeah, right now it's really not it's not looking good. Um, yeah, I don't know what the plan is, um, but yeah, they really they really do need to fix up for real. No, that's facts. But like, yeah, um, with the manager talk, I think this is the end of our second segment. Do what you did the last time. Stay tuned for the third, day. Eh? Alright, so our final segment, we're basically covering what happened in the FIFA, the best awards. So, guys... Lewandowski, vindication somewhat. It's not a Ballon d'Or. But yeah, he's the best player of 2020. How are we feeling about that? Nah, he deserved it. 100%. I think well, there was no Ballon d'Or, of course. He probably would have, he probably would have walked that. But yeah, I think it just he deserved the FIFA Award Player of the Year, man. Um, Stats-wise, he was the best. I test, he was the best. So, this you can't really complain about it. To be fair, yeah, he was by far the best player in the world. Had the most consistent year, scoring for fun. I don't think anyone other than Messi probably had better stats than him. So yeah, he deserves it. Plus the trophies. You can't argue. You can't argue over three trophies. Yeah, that's that's facts. You can't you can't argue the three trophies. And as much as it was a good team, he was spearheading the team. And yeah, he did. You can't say that he didn't contribute. Like he said, like with eye test and everything, he was he was just like yeah, off the chain. He was untouchable. And I totally read that. And also for the women's, um, the the first uh, women's player of the year went to Lucy Bronze, a defender. Um, imagine starting out like that. Van Dyke must be literally crying right now. Um, but yeah, um, Lucy Bronze is the first defender to receive the award after killing with with Leon. I, I think Leon is just untouchable. They still sold players, but like yeah. The, the best women's team to like ever do it ever and then um, let's see what else manager of, manager of the year this is also another thing that really messed people up people are really emo as to why Klopp won it like how do you guys feel about it though it was well deserved well deserved from Klopp and and winning the league with Liverpool is bigger than winning the Champions League with Bayern. Huh? You can't tell me nothing. Huh? Twenty, like how many years was it? Twenty-five years or something? Liverpool hadn't won the league, and the and he did that, bro. Jurgen Klopp. That's something massive. Bayern winning the Champions League can happen over and over again, but Liverpool winning the league—it's not normal. Yeah, I think I can actually 
Um, I actually agree with it. I was, of course, when I first looked at it, I was like, half flick was robbed. But then when I actually looked in depth, like, why Klopp? I mean, bro, they hadn't won the league in such a long time, and he managed to do it. And no matter what, people are going to remember Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool, probably as... I don't want to say the greatest manager, because yeah, they've had some world-class managers back in the day. I forgot the Bob Paisley's and or, or what if I forgot them guys. But yeah, what he did at Liverpool was amazing. And the fact that they, their first defeat came in February. So basically, they went a whole year without losing in the league. Just It just sums up everything. I think it's well-deserved. I agree with guys. Yeah, now that you put it like that, then, yeah. Um, consistency. Something that he managed to put. Like, he didn't he didn't come out of nowhere, like, the last time. But, like, from his last award, there has been improvement and consistent improvement. And that's in winning the league. So, I kind of get where that's coming from. But to a certain extent, I feel like um, Flick... Wait, didn't Flick take over, like, mid-season? Yeah, yeah. he did. Good. Okay, so then, also with that, then you can't you can't put him in the running exactly because of that. I mean, you should be grateful for second place if anything. Right. Yeah, you should be you should be grateful for second place because, like, yeah, if he won that and he came in mid season, then I don't know, dude. Like, someone could have won the treble, like. Like for example, it's like it's like when Chelsea won Champions and then calling Di Matteo the best manager in the world. It's like, no, that's not how it worked. Yeah, in fact, I think yeah, as much as Flick has achieved, I mean, if he gave in on that, but and not this is not discrediting Flick or anything. I think he's a very good manager. But then if he gave anyone that buying team, they would probably would have done the same thing. So it's like really. It's it's a bit. I find it really fascinating. People say, "Ah, Klopp, this Klopp shouldn't have won." And fair and fine, there yeah, Klopp only won one trophy, Flick won five. But then, at the end of the day, you just have to look at the leagues, and you have to see like what is actually the biggest achievement. The thing that did piss me off when I I saw Bielsa there, I'm like, why is he there? That's the thing. I was like, oh, really? Come on. I don't understand that though. Yeah, I think I, I think that Bielsa thing was also kind of like, mm, where's he coming from? Are you guys hating, man? Where, where is he hating, coming from, guys? Where, where is he coming from? Dude, he's a good manager, guys. <laughs> guess what did he do? Like, what did he do for you to be like, ah, top three, top three? He, he brought Leeds back on into the league, man. His style of play is amazing. His drive, what he instills in the players, life lessons, brother. If you are a manager, wouldn't you want that? If you're a player, uh, also the energy that he puts into spying on other managers. Thank you, Spy Game. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Nothing more to me. <laughs> it's not like the rules. the rules. <laughs> nah, bro, come on, nah, nah. That's that's a, that's next level. Wait, wait, guys, did you say it's not against the rules? No, it's not. Ah, but guys, come on, dude, come on. 
That's next level, bro. Dude, if you want to, you have to have that drive to win, man. That's what you want in a manager, bro. Someone who's who's willing to do those kinds of things. Let's be honest. <laughs> Almost every big team has those scandals, bro. But that, that's the hallmark of a big team and a big manager, bro. To spy on other people's dude. teams. Fair, cool. Ah, uh, uh, alright, calm. Uh, I'll put that in my footnotes when I go get my coaching badges. And you know when you put down when you when you're asking questions and you're like have you ever spied on another team in order to win? Like yes. <laughs> Take the box three times. Oh man. Ah, but that was special. It's like I won't even lie. Like ah, yeah, that that took me by surprise. But yeah, um, we move. Let's find out what happened. Um, to the starting 11 of the best in the world the best starting 11 in the world goalkeeper was Allison. Uh, right back Trent two centre backs are Sergio Ramos and Van Dijk left back Alfonso Davies the three midfielders Thiago Alcantara KGB and Joshua Kimmich Kimmich has been really good I think this this, this year he's been pivotal to Bayern's success as well um, and then the forwards, Ronaldo, Lewa, and Messi. And this is the first time in a very long time that Neymar has failed to make this list. And another thing that I'm marking here is that like Davies was included as a fourth defender in accordance to FIFA Men's World Eleven rules of allocation. So like Davies is there because they had to have a left back type of thing. So I think if Davies if it was like a formation where like the best in the world, I think Neymar might have fitted somehow. But yeah, um, because of allocation, Davies made it. I mean, a win is a win, right? But yeah. Would you say you that Davies was the best Neymar in, in, in the world? For no reason. <laughs> you don't have to shove Neymar in for no reason. <laughs> but he made Champo's final. Did nothing. He did nothing last season, bro. No, yes, he, he made it to the final, bro. But... Let's look at those performances, performances, bro. Man was not clinical, bro. Ish would. Hey, that just reminds me of that. What game was it? Was it the Leipzig game? Or that last league one ended early, also. So. Oh yeah. Dude, it was Leipzig. There's a lot Um, of other factors involved. Who was in the semi? Who did they play in the semi-finals? Play Leipzig. Yeah. That game especially. Ah, that guy missed sitters, man. I think it was the Atalanta game when they missed sitters. It was Atalanta. Oh, yes, Atalanta as well. Yeah, it was Atalanta. It was Atalanta. They actually missed a span of sitters, to be brutally honest. Mm. Him and his sidekick, Killian, bro. Do you guys think Messi and Ronaldo should have been there? Messi and Ronaldo? Ronaldo. What, sorry, yeah, Loki don't think they deserve to be there on Loki. Or... Who, who else would you have put though? Who are the front three, sorry? Lewa, Messi, Cristiano. I mean, it's pretty difficult. <sighs> I guess if I'm he... thinking, who would you put? If it wasn't Messi or Cristiano, who would you put? I, I... I'm <sighs> putting Mane and Salah or someone else or something like that, bruh. These ones need to be rewarded, bruh. Honestly, bruh. Yeah, you could make a case for them. I guess if we do look at the the stats, Messi, of course, Messi was up there as well. Assists was pretty. But heavy. look at the season. 
that's the season thing. was trash. That's the thing. That's the Ronaldo thing. at least has Syria or something, but things the criteria for these awards are very weird. Sometimes it's trophies, sometimes it's stats. It's a mess. It's whatever, whatever fits. Whatever the fits agenda. Plus, they need to solve. They need to be looked at. So, obviously, Messi and Ronaldo are always going to be there. Yeah. But let's look, what do you guys think of the midfield? I think that's like the best midfield they could have come up with. Yeah, there's no one else who you can put, who you can put there, dude. I would love for Koretska to get some shine, though. Ah. Uh, if, if it was that Bayern, that OP Bayern midfielder, like it'll still be missing something because you 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 have to give KDB's respect, you know. Like, ah, you can't. Okay, this season, this season he's probably not going to make it. But like the the past season, his consistent performance, you know, you always have to reward that. Like you can't you can't have a team without KDB, a best in the world team without KDB. Yeah, I think um, it was tricky. I'm not even gonna die. Yeah, Goretzka's had a had a very good season. Muller as well. I was surprised Muller didn't get a shot for some reason. Nah, they don't, don't rate that on, bro. They don't rate that on, bro. <laughs> they really don't, eh? There's <laughs> <laughs> no takers. That's why they don't rate him, bro. Exactly. You can't do rainbow flicks and all that. So that's why they're just like, ah, the sun is whack. There's no tick. So, uh, nah, I think yeah, I would have gone given Muller a shot as well. I think Muller would have been a good shout to replace either Ronaldo or Messi. Yeah, probably. And then you play. Then, yeah, you probably play. Uh, yeah, Muller can play out wide, but he can also you play like a, a hybrid, um, false nine. No, not a false nine, but then in a four four two. Could be. You play. You be a Raum Doita. Yeah. You put him out wide initially, then he becomes a Raum Doita. Yeah. Even like in a four two 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 two. Oh yeah, I would. Then the help I calculate that properly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he he deserved a shot as well. In my opinion. Now that sucks. And with that, guys, we come to the end of the Lord podcast of the year. Hi right, guys, we've come far. Last podcast of the year. Amazing. Amazing man, amazing. Start this thing one in January. I mean, I can't say January, Lord. See, 2020 is even messing up my my memory. <laughs> oh my dear. Nah, it's been madness on like doing this whole podcast thing. It's nice that we can just talk about football with with our homies and with our listeners. Just general good chats, not listening to these other pundits who are who are very biased right. and have narratives. <laughs> but. <laughs> but yeah, um, guys, I, I actually just like yeah, it's, it's been crazy. Like I was always, I was just telling, I was just telling the guys, I was like the hard part is always the start, and then from there the episode just keeps on coming. You know, you'd be like, hey, are you ready? Then we just go and we hit and. Yeah, here we are at the end of the year, and look how many episodes we've done. Just now, we'll be closing in on the twentieth, yeah. And 
Yeah, if you had told me they were going to be making 20 of these where I chatted up the shootings, uh, I wouldn't have believed you. But yeah, here we are. What? We're literally doing a podcast on what we used to talk about every day and that's that's so satisfying. It really is. It really is. Like, exactly. Like, we, we used to talk about this, like, every time when we'd be eating... And it would just be vibes, just talking, casual argument, casual shouting of, hey, you are deluded. <laughs> been, yeah, just like going back and forth until we reach an understanding and all that. So, yeah, it's great that we've also managed to get like our listeners into that experience as well. And we're going to keep trying to like get the experience closer so that you guys like feel what we're feeling when we record. Otherwise, guys, um, we hope you have a great Christmas despite these times and an even happier New Year.